Vegetarian Zen, episode number 18. Larissa, what is that you're reading there? What? Um, nothing? No, really, let me see. How to deal with a crabby cancer when you're a cheerful Libra? What? You think I'm crabby? No, I just came across this article. You seriously think I'm crabby, don't you? No. But what say you and I go load up on some mood-boosting magnesium and B12? Why, because I'm crabby? No, just for fun. Welcome to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthy lifestyle. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to get your veg on. Hey there, veg zeners. Welcome back to Vegetarian Zen. My name is Vicki. And I'm Larissa. Vicki, the crabby cancer. And Larissa, the cheerful Libra. Not crabby, just no, moody. Just just uh, pensive and <laughs> thoughtful and crabby. No, no, not crabby. <laughs> so today's episode number 18 is going to be on food and mood, which was something that I thought of just this past week because I was, <laughs> I was feeling a little crabby. <laughs> And, uh, well, it's something that Larissa and I have both learned over our time uh, of focusing more on our health, that food really does impact your mood. And I've mentioned before that when I used to eat the way we used to eat, I would feel very lethargic and also my mood wasn't that great. So since we've adapted to our new lifestyle, I tend to feel much more cheerful. Right. And then, um, you know, that's something that we didn't even associate really you know we eat these junky things and and processed foods and fried stuff and and then we wonder why we're like passed out on the couch not wanting to do anything and just feeling all sluggish and yucky yeah this has been a wonderful wonderful unexpected side effect so we're happy to share some of our our findings with you right right and then as always we'll have some resources some good resources on in the show notes for if you want to read more or learn more Okay, but first, let's move into a couple of updates. All right. Well, this one is super exciting. We have the winner of the uh, copy of the book, Fifty Shades of Kale. And we just wanted to say a big congratulations to Susan Albert, who happens to be from San Antonio, uh, which will make it really easy to deliver. And uh, so congratulations, Susan. Uh, And just to let everybody know, if you didn't win this time, don't lose heart. Because we are having so much fun giving away the books that we love that uh, we'll be doing it from time to time. We're going to keep up, keep up doing the giveaways. Yeah, and we do plan to keep those giveaways uh, exclusively for our newsletter subscribers. So please make sure to sign up for our newsletter, which is our next update. Right, Larissa? Right, right. And we'll have the sign-up info, as we always do, at the end of the show notes. Um, if you go to our show notes and look at the very bottom, it's right there. And, of course, it's also on our Facebook page and on the page, the main page of our website. So, uh, yes, but our second update is that we have our target launch date for the first official regular issue of the Vegetarian Zen Newsbeat. Woohoo! Yay! So we are, our target launch date is Wednesday, October 16th. In each issue, you can look forward to finding articles pertaining to, of course, vegetarianism and veganism, but also just to living a healthier life in general. 
Okay, so looking forward to that launch. Right. Wednesday, and, October 16th. Right. And then one other thing that we'll be featuring in our newsletters is uh, has to do with our next update. Which is the launching of our shop on our website. Yes. And we've been working on this for a while. We've, we've worked with a designer to um, to get the shop set up on online and it's it's actually it's a separate website but it's linked to our website so when you go to the website you just click on the shop button in the nav in the navigation menu and it'll take you right there yes and what we'll be featuring on there at least for right now are vegetarian zen t-shirts which we've been asked about in the past mm-hmm. also larissa has a studio of her own where she had been creating uh, recycled jewelry for several years and She's done some trade shows around town with that and also had an Etsy shop, but we decided to move that over, and now we'll be selling that exclusive Cheery Bird recycled jewelry on our website. Right. That's me, Cheery Bird. <laughs> um, so that, that'll be on there, too. And then we're also working on some other products that'll be geared toward helping you live a healthier life. Um, we've got a couple things in the works. I don't want to say anything yet uh, until we kind of come up with, with exactly what they are. But. Yeah. We'll be announcing the grand opening again uh, via our newsletter and then also on social media and, of course, on our podcast. So stay tuned. All right. Okay, so let's go ahead and dive into our main topic, which, again, as we said, is food and mood. And studies have shown that there are possible links to improved mood from certain components of the foods we eat. This, I know, firsthand. So I don't, I mean, the studies, I think, kind of back up what we've already been feeling. I've mentioned before that after dinner, particularly because we really were not good. Dinner was probably my worst meal of the day, Mm -hmm. which is like the worst meal to have as your worst meal of the (laughs) day. Because it's a lot of calories that you're putting in at the end of the day. And then you're going to sleep. Mm -hmm. And all those calories stay un unburned. I mean right. they just stay in your system. Right. So and and um make you fat. Right. So uh since we've moved over to a more plant-based diet, what I have found is that after dinner rather than feeling like I need to crawl into bed and go to sleep, that my body and my mind are much more alert and I usually, you know, we still go to bed at a decent hour because I have to go to work in the morning, but um I feel like I've got energy and I, and when I lay my head down, I'm ready to go to bed, but I don't feel like just lethargic and, and groggy. I mean, I almost felt drunk sometimes. Right. Right. And, you know, we also do work after, after dinner now, um, you know, we'll work on the podcast we'll work on, on different things like that. So we've got where our minds are clearer to do that. Whereas before we just, Oh, I don't want to think about Mm -hmm. anything. I don't want to do that. Veg out in front of the TV and right. that's it. Right. And on uh, speaking of TV, you know, we've cut our TV down to two hours a day um, max. And I think that's really helped too. So it's yeah. kind of a combination of everything. That's not such a hard thing to do on the weekdays, but the weekends, mm-hmm. uh, that's really, especially Sundays with football. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just let myself slide on that yeah. one yeah. <laughs> if there's some good games going on. But. Well, and it's a little harder for me during the weekdays because I'm here. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, I, and I wanted to mention kind of from my my side of this topic, uh, I've suffered from depression since I was a, a little kid. You know, I, I had a fir- my first major depressive episode when I was seven. So, you know, I've kind of been off and on with this my entire life. And when I was younger, and even when, I mean, even up until recently, nobody, no doctor or, or nobody ever talked to me about, you know, well, look at what you're eating. What are you eating? Um, this could be affecting how you perceive things and, and your mood and your energy. Nobody said that to me. And 
you know, consequently, I've been on um, mood drugs for I've been on medications for mood um, since I was 16. And I just I'm so grateful now that we're going through this. And I'm learning all of all of the these things about how what we eat affects our bodies and affects our minds. And I've got to say that as I'm becoming more uh, cognizant of what I'm eating and paying attention to what I'm putting in my body, I can tell the difference. And I can tell when I eat something that's sugary or uh, really refined starches and, and everything, I can tell the difference. You know, my head hurts and my, um, my stomach hurts. Whereas before I was eating it so much, I was so desensitized to it that it didn't bother me. Well, yeah, like 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 I was just saying, I didn't think anything of, I didn't put the two together that it was actually what we were eating that made us feel so lethargic and right. just like not doing anything. Right. Okay, so let's talk about some of these things that can help to alter our moods for the more positive. The first thing we have here is omega-3 fatty acids. Right. And these help our brains construct complex thoughts, contribute to building strong, healthy hearts, and also help with inflammation. So it's interesting that omega-6 fatty acids, the kind that's found in processed foods, have the exact opposite effect on our bodies. Right, so omega-3, good. Omega six bad, very bad. Right, and it's it's really interesting how how it's it's two sides of the same coin again. It's it's the same type of of it. It comes from the same type of place, but just a little bit of a difference in the way the chemicals and the way things are put together. It just has a complete opposite effect. Speaking of processed foods, Larissa and I had an awesome discovery the other day. We were going to take out our recycling for the for the recycling trucks mm-hmm. and Larissa said there's nothing in there like yeah. to be recycled and I was like, "What?" And you know, we're really good about recycling recyclables, right. but there was really nothing in there and she said, "You know, I think it's because we're not eating as much processed food. So we don't have things coming out of boxes and right. such. What that was awesome. It that made was, me feel really I, good. I hadn't and I hadn't even realized that. And we've been eating, you know, like this for what, um eight months now? Nine mm-hmm. months? And it's just recently that we've kind of stepped this up and really concentrated on getting more processed food. As, as we read more, again, it, it all comes back to as we read more, as we learn more, you know, we're starting to cut down more and more. And it's only been in the last, I don't know, maybe month that our recycling has just gone down dramatically. And from so from last Thursday, it comes every Thursday, and we have one of those big, you know, curbside bins that the, the truck picks up. So from last Thursday to this past Thursday – there was nothing in there. And what we do is we keep a a regular bin in in the house, in the pantry, and we fill that up and then take it outside and dump. We didn't fill the bin inside up one time. I mean, there were a few things in there, but it wasn't like enough to go dump. Yeah. So I was like excited about that. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about some natural sources of omega-3 fatty acids. So there are kale, which mm-hmm. we did a whole episode on kale last right. week. Others uh, kale two weeks, ago. two weeks ago. Kale and other dark leafy greens. Mm-hmm. Soy milk, which is something I alternate between soy milk and almond milk. Right. Now, what I have not done yet, and I've been reading articles on this, is how to make your own soy and almond milk because unfortunately, the stuff in the store still has a lot of stuff added. It does have some. Stuff I was added, really yeah. unpleasantly surprised at how much is actually added there. Right, so. and I actually I buy the organics. Um, uh, our HEB, our local grocery store, has a really good organics. Um, 
um, line of products. And so when I compare the, the regular soy milk to the organics, it does have less. And so I always tend to go for that. And I read, oh my God, I read labels like you would not believe. You know, I'll stand there in the store. That's why it takes me so long to shop because I read labels like crazy. Uh, but that's, you have to do it that you way. You do, yeah. Um, and then once you start to do that, you start to know, you know, yeah. so it's not like every time you're, unless it's something new that you're buying. But once you read that, I mean, you mm-hmm. it doesn't take you as long. Oh, absolutely. So then eggs, mm-hmm. which I've cut back pretty dramatically on, as you know. I used to eat them every morning, and now I don't eat them as often. Um, primarily, I think, because of the cholesterol, uh, even though I, I did have a lot of uh, of whites. the whites. Right. What we do is we um, I buy whites, and then we use one egg to a half a cup of egg whites per serving. So Yeah. Uh, the thing I have given up, though, as you know, is cheese, which was huge for me. I'm right. still doing pretty well. I mean, every now and then I'll have some, but... It's not every day. I would say maybe once a week mm-hmm. I have some, and it's mm-hmm. usually very limited. So Right. Good for you. That's awesome. Um, Flaxseed, which is something I love to add to smoothies and a cereal, because it's very... I can't taste... I don't know if it's supposed to be tasteless or what, but I don't mm-hmm. taste it. And uh, it's also a very good source of omega-3 fatty acids, and then walnuts. Mm-hmm. Right. And omega-3 fatty acids are also found in fish, but you and I don't. That's for pescatarians those are people who actually eat fish still but that is also something big in uh, fish i do take fish oil i had been taking that for a while i quite honestly i haven't researched it much to see like um how good it is or if it's i mean i've seen things that say it's good and some things that say not that it's bad but it's just like has no effect so Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe i should just look at increasing my omega-3 fatty acids and these other things rather than taking the right rather than taking the fish oil right and there are some other things besides these that we mentioned um and that that brings up a good point there's a a book that i just recently purchased and i would highly recommend it even though uh it is not a vegetarian book it's it's called the happiness diet it's by uh, drew ramsey and i can't think of the other author um, but Drew Ramsey, if you remember, is was co-authored the Fifty Shades of Kale mm-hmm. uh, as well. And the Happiness Diet is really good because the the first section, the second section, is kind of their meal plan. You know, um, what to eat to help improve your mood and and energy and everything like that. And it does have recipes. And uh, the one thing that I did note when I flipped through the recipes is that. Every single entree is meat-based, but that's okay. You know, um, there's also a section for vegetable, you know, sides, and then a couple of desserts and some dressings. And and but maybe we need to do our own version of the happiness diet for vegetarians, right? Um, That's a good idea. And um, but the thing that I really do like is the first, the whole first section gives you a really thorough understanding of how food affects your mood and your energy. And it explains why each of these things, how they work, and what effects they have in more detail than we're going into here. So I would highly recommend, if this is something that you're interested in, to get a copy of this book. Um, and we'll have the link to it in our show notes. Um, it, it'll be It's an affiliate link from Amazon, as usual. And I know um, we always like to mention that those are affiliate links on our, on our website. And if you click and purchase it through that link uh, at no additional cost to you, we will receive a small commission. So, yeah. 
Um, but again, we don't put anything out there that we don't recommend ourselves. No, absolutely not. So if you have any questions about any of the books or any of the products that are out there, please feel free to shoot us an email because they are things that we use, right. have read, or just recommend based on um, our research of it. So. Absolutely. Okay. So let's let's talk about the second one, the second um, mood improving element that we'll be talking about today. Magnesium. Magnesium. Right. So crabby cancers can have extra magnesium and feel happy. I thought I was complex. I didn't think I was crabby. Um, okay, you're complex. <laughs> complex crabby, I mean, complex cancers. Can, darn. Um, okay, anyway. So let, it's, since we just mentioned the happiness diet, I kind of wanted to read a quick quote um, about magnesium because I, I really like this. I think it's like it just tells you everything you need to know. Uh, Okay, so it says magnesium is a mineral that eases your mind, nerves and muscles. It's even been used to treat clinical depression. It protects your brain from the waste product ammonia, relaxes blood vessels and protects against heart disease and diabetes. Increasing magnesium levels in the brain improves memory and learning while a deficiency can lead to lead to depression, anxiety, ADHD, insomnia and fatigue. Well, you don't want that. No, we definitely don't want that. And you know, that kind of uh, that reminds me that we should disclaimer this episode by saying that if you are on medicine for any sort of depression, clinical depression or ADHD or whatever, or any uh, heart, anything at all, don't just be coming off your medicines to try to do this. I mean, it's, uh, it's really something you should take seriously and uh, talk to your doctor about how you do that. I do encourage, though, that you have the conversation with your doctor. Right. I am very open with my doctor about my uh, that I'd rather explore natural ways to treat anything that I have as opposed to throwing a pill at it. And in fact, I changed doctors several years ago because my other doctor just wanted to throw a pill at everything. And I didn't like that approach. Right. I'd rather handle things as naturally as possible first mm-hmm. before before taking any sort of medication um that that to me is like the last resort right and as far as i'm concerned with that you know i have changed so much since uh since we started this you know because when we started this i was on gosh three more medications than i am now and that's this is exactly what i did is i talked to my doctors after we started and i started reading and doing research and i did both I researched both sides. I researched the um, bad effects that those medications could have, you know, and then I researched the good side of not being on them and using, you know, changing your habits. And then I talked to my doctors and I did actually go off three meds um, after talking to them. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, so it's it awesome to your body, but it's also has a financial impact, too. It has a financial impact. Yes, definitely. But it also has a psychological impact. Um, and that's I a think great point. That's important to mention. That's a great point is and and that's a, the psychological impact of all this stuff, you know, is cannot be overlooked. Because when you when you eat better, um, when you eat things that you have read, improve your mood. It has that effect on you, too, because you think it's just like exercising. It's just you go and exercise and you think, OK, I just went and exercised and worked out. I don't want to eat that cheeseburger, you know, because I just did all this hard work. And it's the same thing with this. When you read about these effects and you say, OK, I'm going to eat these foods because they're going to improve or improve my mood. It, it has that same kind of effect where it, it says 
you, th- you feel good about yourself because you're doing something to improve your mood. And you're doing something to improve your health, yes, too. That's exactly. what's great. I, when I make a juice and I look at all that stuff that I'm putting into it or a smoothie or mm-hmm. something healthy that I'm eating, I feel really good that I'm taking care of myself. And right. you're right. That kind of uh, feeds itself because then you want to take care of yourself in other ways, too. Exactly. Um, okay, so let's get back to magnesium. And I kind of think I want to say this. Um this episode, I kind of feel like we're a little disjointed when we're when we're discussing these these um, elements here. But I think it's important because I think as we're discussing them, we're bringing up important um, points. So I'm okay with kind of being a little disjointed, you know, as far as as separating uh, magnesium, what it does, and then you know what's it what uh, contains magnesium. But I feel good about that because I think we're discussing important important things along the way. I didn't even realize we were being disjointed. No. Okay. <laughs> I don't mean disjointed okay. in a bad way. Maybe I mean it's just my kind ADHD of separated. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe you need some more magnesium. <laughs> yeah. So how do we get that magnesium? Okay. So there's spinach, mm-hmm. quinoa, which is when, when I'm not eating eggs in the morning, I have my quinoa uh, rice and rice and rice, no, is it rice? rice it's and rice shine and shine cereal. cereal. And there is that is on our website. And it's something I highly recommend. It tastes great. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to make. I even have a box of it at work. So it's, yeah, it's hot cereal. It's hot cereal. And I believe they also have it's made by Arrowhead Mills. And I think they also have a selection of cold cereals as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, I Whole haven't Foods. tried any of their cold yeah, cereals Whole, yet. Whole Foods carries them. And also you can get them on Amazon. Okay, but quinoa is great. And it also fills you up. It tastes just like cream of wheat, if you ask mm-hmm. me. That's how it tastes. So uh, and then brown rice, mm-hmm. kidney beans, lentils, oatmeal, and bananas. Right. I'm not a fan of bananas, but that's okay. I love bananas. But I mean, look at all these things here. You could pretty yeah. much make a salad out, you know, lunchtime, well, a- kidney beans, uh, lentils, spinach. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can throw well, some of those huge, things yeah, together. There's a huge variety. And um, now something else to consider, cold weather's coming up. Um, think about lentil stews and soups. Think about uh, chili with kidney beans and, and other kinds of beans. Um Think about uh, jambalaya with brown rice. Jambalaya. Jambalaya. Seinfeld reference there. <laughs> um, all our Seinfeld fans will appreciate that. Okay. So, I mean, there's so many things that you can put these in. Yep. Um, all right. So, let's move on to number three here. Speaking of Seinfeld, <laughs> let's talk about tryptophan. Tryptophan. So, most people, when you think, uh, tryptophan, first of all, is an amino acid. Okay, it's not a, it's not a mineral vitamin. Um, but most people, when they think of tryptophan, they think of? Turkey. Turkey, right. Or um, other animal-based products, such as other poultry or dairy. And speaking of the Seinfeld reference we're talking about, um, there's an, a Seinfeld episode where Jerry's dating a girl who has this fantastic toy collection all the toys that you know like he didn't have the when he retro was kids. ones yeah yeah the retro ones gi joes and weebles and yeah easy bake, easy bake ovens. ovens um and he wants to play with them she won't let him and so <laughs> he um brings over food for her you know he makes her dinner and he brings turkey and wine and heavy gravy and then <laughs> he brings elaine and george over and they all play with her toys while she's passed out on the couch so um every time i think of tryptophan that's what i think mm-hmm. of uh but anyway uh yeah tryptophan is an amino acid it's most you can find it in plant-based products as well as animals so it's not just animal um nuts and seeds 
pumpkin pumpkin seeds especially pumpkin seeds have the highest amount of tryptophan of any uh, in, in the nut and seed family uh, but also sunflower seeds cashews walnuts almonds um so your almond milk when you mm-hmm. use almond milk <clears throat> it's good for that and then also uh, legumes so like we talked about last week our beans lentils split peas and peanuts all are um, good sources of tryptophan so why is this good for you okay tryptophan promotes a feeling of relaxation in your body and this in turn helps with restful sleep so it'll help you get a good night's sleep and feel just more relaxed in general and it also and i think this is interesting when you eat tryptophan when you intake tryptophan it releases more serotonin in your brain the chemical serotonin which is a neurotransmitter in your brain and this in turn decreases your appetite so it helps to, when, when it decreases your appetite, it also helps to reduce your cravings for carbohydrates. So you feel full longer, you're not craving, you know, you're not hungry as much, you're not craving these, these bad carbohydrates. Okay, so let's move on uh, to B vitamins such as folate. And last week when we did our, our podcast on beans, we talked a little bit about folate. So right. let's talk a little bit more about B vitamins and folate. Okay, well, let's talk about B12. B12 is essential for making brain cells, which is, that's that's pretty essential. Pretty huge. You might want that. You yeah, might you want might. some of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so low amounts of B12 in your body can lead to irritability, uh, depression, and cognitive decline. And again, none of which you really want. Um, folate helps to maintain the production of neurotransmitters in the brain. And we had just mentioned one neurotransmitter, serotonin. Uh, neurotransmitters are the chemicals in the brain that transmit the signals that tell your body what to do. And so when you have high levels of folate in your system, you have improved memory and cognition, more elevated moods, and a decrease in depression. Definitely sounds like you'd want that. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and then, um, so again, and just to reinforce that, deficiencies of, of B12 B6 and folate, uh, which is also known as B9, um, but more commonly as folate, um, have been linked to depression. Yeah, and what's really important about this is when Larissa and I became vegetarians, we did start taking B12 supplements because B12 is most commonly found in animal products, which, as you know, we don't we don't eat anymore, we don't consume. So it's really important that vegetarians and vegans are getting a good a dose of B vitamins. And right. we do that in the form of a supplement, but we also make sure that our food contains B vitamins. Right. Now, um, B12, if I'm if I'm correct, I believe that B12 is only found in animal products. I don't think plants manufacture B12. Um, other B vitamins like folate, you know, you can find naturally in plants. And the supplement that we take is actually a B complex. So it contains more than just B12. It, and it does contain folate. It does contain B6. It's a complex. So that kind of gives us a little extra boost there. But if you are a vegetarian or a vegan, you do need to get B12 from a, a supplemental source. Okay, so let's move into the low glycemic foods, because this was huge for both of us. I think mm-hmm. this is the area where we probably made the most strides in eliminating those high glycemic foods that we used to consume. So without going into too much detail of how glycemic index works and all that, um, essentially the glycemic index measures how 
uh, carbohydrate-containing food raises blood glucose levels. Right. Larissa, as she's mentioned in the past, deals with diabetes. Mm -hmm. She has reversed some of that, but through healthy eating and through weight loss, as we've mentioned before, we've lost a collective 100 pounds over the last Oh, a couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, and we're continuing to still need to, we still both need to lose some weight, but we're very confident that our uh, our new lifestyle <laughs> is going to help us with that. We just had a cat run by. Charge through the, the room. Yeah, we're not laughing at, um, at, <laughs> at needing to lose glucose weight. Glucose levels. <laughs> we're laughing at the cat charging by. Uh, so anyway, so a big thing I think that we have given up or at least reduced pretty drastically has been white flours mm -hmm. and sugars, right. which contain, which are uh, refined carbs. Right. And these really cause your blood sugar to spike quickly and then go down just as fast, mm -hmm. which leads to fatigue and moodiness. And that, I think, is a big contributor to how I was feeling every night. Mm -hmm. We'd feel like up, and then all of a sudden, you know, 8.39, I was down for the count, right. you know, and I just didn't feel like doing anything. Right. And I think one of the things about this that gets so many people, especially in the workplace, is, you know, you, you after lunch, you have a big lunch, and then you'll get sleepy, and you'll think, oh, okay, um, let me eat something that'll boost me up. And so people either go for coffee or something sweet because they get you get a sugar rush and that's where that sugar rush you know that feeling comes from it's these refined carbs because when you eat a donut or you eat a candy bar that's a processed you know milky way or or whatever it is um that sugar hits your your bloodstream like that you know and within 10 minutes you're like oh man i can go do this and i can go run and i can go all this stuff and then 15 minutes later you know, your head's on your desk and you're like, oh my God, it's nap time. You know, I want to take a nap. I want to go home. And that's why, because it hits your blood sugar all at once and then it's gone. Um, it doesn't stay. And so what you want to do is you want to use, you want to intake um, complex carbohydrates, uh, uh, white flours and, sh and sugars, the refined carbs, those are simple carbohydrates. So there's no, there's no work to be done on them. So they just hit and they're gone. Complex carbohydrates contain elements that need to be broken down and processed. So it's like a slow drip into your system exactly. rather than a rush. Exactly. Because it takes time for your body to process those and break them down. I like, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay, no. I was going to say, I like how the happiness diet refers to refined carbs. Carbage. Uh -huh. It's carbohydrate garbage. I like that. I think I'm going to have to start using that. Don't eat that. It's garbage. Um, and then, um, so you want to intake complex carbohydrates throughout your day. So things like whole grain uh, breads, whole grain pastas. If you're going to have pasta for lunch, have whole grain, um, you know, with lots of vegetables. Vegetables. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, because anything with, with fiber, uh, vegetables with fiber, so leafy greens, things like that. Anything that in the, in the morning, um, your quinoa cereal is a great complex carbohydrate. You know, it, it takes a while to process, which is why you feel full longer than I if do. you eat... Um, a bowl of just regular processed cold cereal and a piece of Sometimes toast. by the time I got to work, I was hungry again. Yeah. And it's like, you know, when I, the way I used to eat. Mm -hmm. And now it takes me a while right. before I'm hungry again. Right, right. So really concentrate on finding your foods that are um, low glycemic index foods. And I'll have in the show notes, I've got a good link to an article that has um, the glycemic 
index numbers um, for more than 100 foods. And what you want to look for is a low number. You want to look at a low glycemic index and glycemic load numbers. Okay, we're running a little over on time here, yeah. so let's okay. go ahead and move into the chocolate. Okay. Which I was glad to see on this list. Yeah, I know a lot of people <laughs> are. Um, so chocolate contains substances, or they're phytochemicals, which are plant chemicals, called flavanols, that um, they occur naturally in cacao and other fruits and vegetables. Um, flavanols help to improve blood, well, they do improve, improve blood flow to the brain and may help reduce damage from strokes and protect against dementia. And who doesn't want that? Um, so a few ounces of dark chocolate a day can have a positive effect on mood and mental fatigue and can help lower blood pressure and blood sugar. Yeah, and just remember, this is not saying it's okay to go out and eat a ton of sugar-laden, ultra-processed candy or stop, um, or stop your heart or diabetes meds because chocolate will cure you. <laughs> we're not saying that. <laughs> no. Uh, we're just talking about small amounts of dark chocolate and modest benefits to heart, blood, blood sugar, etc. So. Right, right. So you can have, and the darker the better. Yeah, that's my downfall. See, sometimes when I have it, it's usually in the milk chocolate. Mm-hmm. I've started to get more used to the dark chocolate, mm-hmm. but usually that's my downfall. You so. know what's good with to help get used to that, though? What's that? Um, a little bit of peanut butter. Oh, yeah? Which is also, you know, beneficial oh, yeah. in moderation. Yeah. yeah. Um, use nat- you can use natural peanut butter or... Um, but, yeah, just on your on your chocolate, just put a little bit of peanut butter. Hmm. And it helps you get used to that, that cool. uh, bitter, more bitter taste. Okay, um, just real quick before we go, uh, the happiness diet, these are just five, th- I think five, I think we mentioned five um, things, but the happiness diet has a list of what they call the essential elements of happiness, which I think is awesome, and they go into detail about each one of these. Um, so I'm just going to run through them really fast, and again, if you want more information, please uh, get the book, it's amazing. All right, so here we go. Vitamin B12, iodine, magnesium cholesterol. Now that's good cholesterol, not bad cholesterol. There are two different kinds. Uh, Vitamin D, calcium, fiber, folate, uh, vitamin A, omega-3s, vitamin E, and iron. So you can find more about all of those and the recommended amounts and everything in the book. Nice. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move into the recipe of the week then. And um, I'll hand it over to you. All right. Well, um, this week... Uh, kind of to go along with this podcast, I will be diving deep into the mysterious world of dark chocolate uh, to bring you a fabulous recipe. And I haven't discovered the perfect recipe for us yet for this episode, but be sure to check the show notes to discover it. All right. So you're going to have, and we'll put it on the Pinterest board as well. Yeah. Exactly. Um, now that brings us to our last little little bit here. Um, is we wanted to issue a couple of calls to action um, for our listeners, for things that we would love to have to have you take a moment of your time, um, if you can spare it, to go and do for us. Okay, so first we'd like to ask you to just stop by our show notes for this episode and let us know and leave us a comment telling us what you thought about the show. Mm-hmm. And then the second call to action I'd like to uh, ask you all to do is to leave a recipe containing one of these or a link to a recipe containing one of these things that we've mentioned today. 
that would be awesome. And that way we can share it with our other uh, followers. So if you can leave one a recipe using anything, if it's a spinach salad that you love or uh, something that contains flaxseed, a smoothie with flaxseed or something like that, please feel free to share it. Love us. it. I love it. Love it. Okay. And lastly, uh, we are still... Um, out on iTunes, as you guys know, but we are no longer in the new and noteworthy. So we would greatly appreciate you heading out there. If you find value in the show, leaving us a rating, it really helps us out a lot, helps other people find us. And uh, it goes a long way for us. So we'd greatly appreciate that. Right. That would be so awesome. Thank you. Okay. Well, I think we've come to the end of our show for today. Until next time. See you later. Peace out. Bye. Hey, Veg Centers. Thanks so much for joining us today. Please be sure to visit our website at www.vegetarianzen.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Vegetarian Zen or on Twitter at Vegetarian Zen. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.